Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profile Preview. We've got two players today, one offensive, one defensive. That's how it works. Player Profile Previews. Two players, an episode, an episode every weekday until game week. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, who's making a bunch of weird hand signals. You can finally see all the weird stuff he does now that we're doing video. We're presented by John Boy Media. Justin, how are you doing? You ready for Caden Smith? Ooh, Caden Smith, PPP, player profile preview. We are doing this five days a week. It's the most exciting time of the year. Unfortunately, I feel like at this point, the Giants are probably not even like meeting to do training camp yet, and there's not a lot of things happening, but we're happening, and we're going. Let's do it. Caden Smith. Caden Smith is six foot five, two 252 pounds. He's 23 years old. He was picked by the San Francisco 49ers in last year's draft in the sixth round, pick 176. Justin, he was waived by the Niners after week one, and the Giants claimed him on September 16th. Fun fact, I know you're going to hit me with a fun fact about Caden Smith, but fun fact, do you know that supposedly Darius Slayton, who was picked at 171, the Giants were battling between Darius Slayton and Caden Smith, and Slayton was the pick, Mm. which was the right pick, but they ended up getting their guy in Caden Smith too. Don't you love just when things work out? I love when a plan comes together. <laughs> Do you want me to share my fun fact? Is that what the silence is? Fun fact. All right, fun fact, fun yes. Fact. In 2018. Let's see how fun this really is. In 2018, Caden Smith was hanging out with Justin, Pe- Justin, whoop, Justin Bieber having a conversation poolside. He was vacationing with this family in Hawaii, and him and the Biebs, they chatted it up a bit. I think there were some Instagram pictures that he snagged, and he... Caden Smith actually put it up on his Instagram. Bobby, what do you think that conversation was like between Caden Smith and Justin Bieber? How do you think it went? Were they actually hanging out or did they just take pictures? It, it's kind of weird because the pictures look like they're paparazzi pictures. It's not like they're posing where the arms around one another and they're throwing up a peace sign, they're throwing up a thumbs up, nothing. It's just they were chatting. Maybe Bieber is a big Stanford football fan. Yeah, who knows? Or he's just like, you know, hey man, Stanford is tight end. You are, you know, you guys, you guys are good stuff. I mean, we have another Stanford tight end on, on the team in Levine Torlolo. He does live in California, so who knows? That could be what it is. He actually met Eli Manning. You know, when Eli retired, he had a picture with Eli Manning of when he was a young, when he was a young lad. Who just that about Caden Smith? Justin Bieber? No, Caden oh, Smith. Oh, okay. Jason Bieber probably wish he could have, but he didn't have that ability. You just said Jason Bieber, by the way. I said Justin. Oh. That's what I said. All right, let's get into it. Who he is as a player? Justin, at Stanford, in his senior year, he averages 70 and a half yards per game. That's pretty good for a tight end, especially in a Stanford team that likes to run the ball, establish the run, just like you love. Mm, love running backs. Justin, in 2019 with the Giants, he had seven real games played. He had nine total, but they were like 10 rep games. In those seven games, he had 31 catches, 268 yards, and three touchdowns. A seventy-three point eight percent catch, uh, tar- a, a catch per target rate, which is really good for a guy who was he was involved in the game plan. At a sixteen-game rate, that's seventy-one catches. That's really good. Sixteen hundred thirteen yards, seven touchdowns. So the yards per catch isn't great. Nope. You know, it's like around eight or so. We'll talk about that. Per game, it was at four point four three catches, thirty-eight point two nine yards. He also had a, he had a one catch, one yard game in there. Justin. You know, we didn't really know who this guy was. Evan Ingram's out for the Jets game. We're expecting Rhett Ellison to start. And the Giants announced that they're starting Caden Smith. Now, he played 50-50 snaps with Rhett Ellison in that game. 
And from then on, after that game, Caden Smith was introduced to our lives. Yeah, Caden Smith really was a, a breath of fresh air. Before you even get into any numbers and before I get into numbers, and I think my evaluation and my analysis of Caden Smith's 2019 numbers is going to be a combination of I kind of don't like Pat Shermer and the way that he used tight ends, but it's also maybe I'm going to have the take of Caden Smith doesn't overly excite me because I know a lot of people are very excited about Caden Smith. So Bobby, feel like that'll be good banter, but no matter what, like let's just look at what the 2019 season as a whole. Caden Smith was a breath breath of fresh air compared to Rhett Ellison, and especially with you know we always come to a point in a season where Evan Ingram is not the starting tight end, and he's just not a guy that's relied upon compared to what we've had you know the past two years with Ellison. Caden Smith was a breath of fresh air, and he actually was someone who was a strength for the team, and not somebody who was out there just running routes. Yeah. After watching, I went and watched a couple of games of film to refresh myself, and I was very excited. Do you have any like numbers on Caden Smith? Yeah, uh, and there's not that much because there's just such a low sample size with him, you know. Uh, and why I think the catch rate was so high, Bobby, um, and this even goes to what we were talking about with Sterling Shepard as well. With catch percentage, you're you have a high catch percentage, so it's more likely that your average depth of target. It's, it's not that much. So Caden Smith, actually, his average depth of target, uh, where he was targeted on the football field was 5.7 last year. That's not great. <laughs> you know, that's not great. Uh, you know, that you're you're almost getting to a point where you might as well even just run the ball. Um, and the way that, you know, you saw that Pat Sherman was using his tight ends, very, very rudimentary, very elementary routes. A lot of times they're check downs. A lot of times they're just running button hooks and stuff like that wasn't really great, and you even saw a guy like Evan Ingram, his his efficiency numbers dropped tremendously in 2019, even compared to 2018 as well. And actually, Jason Witten, a, a little a little shocker of a fact that I found, because I'm trying to compare Witten to Caden Smith, I think that's just, that's just a natural thing that all Giants fans are going to want to do. Uh, Jason Witten, in 2019, his average depth of target was an entire yard greater and Caden Smith. Now, average depth of target is more or less like a scheming stat. I don't really think that's a player performance stat because it's where are you catching the ball on the field, and that's play calling. You know, what routes are you running? Uh, but even Jason Witten was getting a, a lot more like yard in terms of his yards per reception, getting that a little bit more than Caden Smith. Right. I'll say this, and I'll, and I'll just start t- talking about him as a player. One... I think it's a funny thing, and I've noticed that if you're a backup white tight end, people are like, oh, good blocker. He struggled to start, yeah. but he he really improved. And this is a guy who wasn't part of this team in camp. You know, he was the four-string t- uh, tight end for the 49ers. He wasn't a part of this team in camp, and his blocking got better. It struggled at the start. And then I watched the Green Bay game, and he was annoying the crap out of Zadarius Smith. Press I really get, like uh, annoying him. And I remember I did a breakdown of one of his blocks in that game. He blocked his ass off in that game, and it was so impressive. I mean, it was better than freaking Nate Solder. So his blocking improved, so we we should only expect that to get better as you get stronger and more of a man in the NFL. So that is a big thing against him. Justin, it's hard to tell when you don't know the scheme, but it just seems like he's smart. When I was watching film, it looked like he'd see – uh, a middle linebacker pop out, and Caden said, curl, stop right there in the middle of the hole. Yep. And that works with Jones. And it kind of looked like watching some Jones college tape with the way he used um, number 87 down there. I think his last name was Swain, the tight end there. And like you said, it's not average, it's not long, st- like, you know, big receptions, 
but it seemed like it was there. But we also saw the bigger receptions against Philly, Green Bay. Like he also did have some. Yeah, and let, plays, and let um, me say that with 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 that Bobby, there were a few plays last year where Caden Smith was making some catches and uh, was making some catches in traffic, and he was receiving some you know big hits on the other end of catching that football, and he was he held on to most of those balls. He did a really good job. So that was something that I saw from the film as well. Yeah, and I remember I did I put it in slow mo. And it was uh, the Miami game with Eli's quarterback. Yes. And it's a, down it's the a, seam. It was a post route. And it, yeah, it was a down the seam. Or it was like a, a, like a skinny, or a, 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 like you said, a seam route. And the guy jams him up like 15 yards. He gets out of that break and then turns his eye. The ball is there and it was there. It was like perfect timing. And what's crazy is those guys had played together for a week. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like he'd been working with Eli all year. He was working with them for a whole week. And I know the yards per reception aren't great, but Justin, I mean, you I know you can't cut out stats, but the first game with the Jets, one catch, one yeah. yard. Um, the Bears game, which he did catch a touchdown, five catches, 17 yards. After that, six for 70, two for nine against Philly with, with uh, Eli, three for 38 with Miami, six for 35 and two touchdowns against Washington. And then the Eagles game, the eight for 98. So it got better as, as it went along. Um, he... I know like people make the Jason Witten comparison, but I really think it's true, man, because I think he's a smart player. His blocking is getting better. And if, like I know it comes down to this with all these guys, but if he's a hard worker, my expectations are like a very solid player and someone who could make Ingram like if Ingram goes down this year, yeah. I'm not like it sucks. It bumps me out, but I'm not like it doesn't panic me. It's not the end know? of the like, world. I'm like I'm, I'm almost like want to see again what he's like with the number one. As the number one guy. Yeah, it's it's certainly not the end of the world. And where I think he's strongest when he's blocking Bobby is maybe not necessarily head to head and when you know, when he's head to head with somebody. But Pat Shermer had him doing this thing where he was pulling across the line of scrimmage. He would be a tight end and then he's taken off the last guy, you know, the last guy of defense on the on the other end of the line of scrimmage, and he's taken out that guy. I really liked him in that role. He was very, very reliable. I think even that big there was a big Saquon run against Washington where Caden Smith uh put put up a really good block. Um so that's in there too. Um Bobby, can we kind of turn to I know we're not a, a projection pod, and this isn't like the peep our PPPs were not projecting anything. But I, I mean, it's literally player profiles and projections. But, so we but, are. Well, projecting. no, well, no, we we're doing preview, player profile preview, talking Yanks's pro player profile projection. But I kind of want to turn it into projection here because I'm remembering Martellus Bennett. I've always called them projections. Oh, by the way, oh, I, you say preview. I swear to everything that is good in this world that you that you that you have always said preview. But neither here nor there. I'm looking at Martellus Bennett. And I'm looking at his 2010 season. Now, in 2010, you also had Jason Witten uh, collecting uh, 128 targets, 94 catches, and over 1,000 yards. So, if anything, we're in a perfect world. Are we not envisioning Evan Ingram as tight end number one for 16 games and Caden Smith tight end number two for 16 games? Or, I think that is the perfect world that we're envisioning. And what Martellus Bennett did in 2010 was 33 receptions on 47 targets. So that's around a 70% catch rate, 260 yards, no tight, no touchdowns, but in around eight yards per yards, eight yards per reception. So, frankly, Bobby, I hate to be like this, not anti Caden Smith right now, but if everything goes correctly for this Giants team, Caden Smith is really only getting, I'm really feeling 40 catches, 35 catches tops 
in that range. That's good for a backup tight end. Yeah. Though. So that's not, that's not bad. Yeah. You're saying that like it's negative. I think that's that's awesome. But I think we're we're projecting. I think a lot of Giants fans are projecting Caden Smith to be almost like a tight end one, which he will be if Evan Ingram goes down. But there's nothing like, and you you might even agree with me about this, Bobby. There's nothing about Caden Smith's game that overtly excites me. But he's solid and he's I think good. he's an intelligent player. He like he's not going to burn anyone. Like he's not fast. That's the, what stops him. But we've also seen in the past that it's not always the most explosive tight ends that do the best. Like sometimes they like they burn themselves out of a route. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um no, I'm not like Evan Ingram's a playmaker. I'm not poo-pooing Ingram for his speed. Like it it is a it is a game changer having that speed at tight end. But if you can be like, I mean, look, I mean, I know we keep comparing the Witten, but look at Witten. And I, I think that actually isn't as far fetched of a theory as I thought when it, we first started talking about him. Um so if if he's the backup, obviously, um, but he's solid if Evan Ingram goes down. Now, I do think he's going to get some playing time, and I think they're going to put him out there with Levine Toilolo with a healthy Evan Ingram. Hell, they mm-hmm. might even, you know, bring three tight ends out or something. Love that. And then just split Ingram out to the slot or move him around in motion and then have a two tight end set where you have Levine Toilolo, who's a really good blocker, Caden, who was an adequate blocker and got better as the season went along, and then you can do some real tight end sets where – you know, you said you don't want like he's not his best as a straight up blocker. Well, kind of nobody is, but he was capable. Like he went against two Green Bay Green Bay edges who changed that defense and held his own against those guys. Yeah. So you kind of transitioned uh, a point that I also wanted to bring up. Where yes, I'm. I think we're being. I'm. Prov- I'm trying to provide a good balance about Bobby's kind of enthusiastic about Caden Smith. I'm trying to be like, hey. I'm trying to bring it down a little bit and bring us down to reality about, and I know Giants fans are celebrating him a little too much, but it will be criminal. It will absolutely be criminal if him, and we'll talk, we'll, I don't know if we have a Toilolo PPP, but I guess we'll talk about it eventually. It will be criminal if he is underutilized, especially on first and second down. If it's a rushing down and he is underutilized, and then Daniel Jones doesn't have that option to maybe audible out of something and maybe audible to a passing play, and then have that option of Caden Smith, maybe Levine Toilolo. I would love to see some 12, even 12 personnel packages of just those two tight ends, and, and Evan Ingram is on the sideline for some first downs. I want to see that. I want him utilized. Yeah. Well, think about it this way. You have Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton. Any one of those guys goes down, it increases Caden Smith's role. Yeah exponentially because we don't have a fourth wide receiver we have a lot of trust in so that means more two tight end sets so um anything anything closing on Caden Smith before we move over to the defense um I think I have a theory about how these tight ends are going to be used in Eric Coriel um because I think this is just important to bring up all right quick go 30 seconds quick go okay so Eric Coriel the whole point is that your eyes and the quarterback's eyes they're starting down the field they're starting to look at their options down the field with their wide receivers and I think partially why Jason Witten was Witten was so successful those years is because your eyes are working back to your intermediate routes that are shorter and that are closer to the line of scrimmage so there you go Jason Witten was available for his button hooks he was available for his out routes and things like that and that's why I think our tight ends are going to be very successful this season, Caden Smith included. With two seconds to spare. All right, let's take a break and move the defense. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, let's talk about James Bradbury, the cornerback. 
Justin. He's six foot one, two hundred twelve pounds. He's going to turn twenty seven years old in the second week of camp. Picked in the second round in two thousand sixteen by our guy GM Dave Gelman from his time in Carolina. Justin, the Giants needed a cornerback after they cut Janoris Jenkins. We didn't know if they'd be able to uh, address it in the draft with a guy like Akuda when there are so many other needs. We are big on the Byron Jones train, but I am excited because the Giants signed James Bradbury to a three-year, $43.5 million deal. Justin, if after after 2022, we wanted to get out of that contract for the third year, it'd only uh, be $3 million in dead cap, which would mean $11 million in savings. But I don't think we're going to have to do that, Justin, because I really like James Bradbury as a player. Yeah, I hope not. Giants were smart this offseason with a lot of their free agent acquisitions that they're not committed to really anything long term. But James Bradbury is undoubtedly the offseason acquisition, at least free agent wise, that we're most confident in and that we're most excited to see. Honestly, Bobby, it's just a question of a few things. And what we're going to get into right now is, you know, is James Bradbury that really much of an upgrade versus Janoris Jenkins? You know, we're going from from one free agent corner to another. Um, and how does James Bradbury kind of fit in Patrick Graham's system? And we'll we'll talk about that. But Bobby, let's get him maybe into some numbers. And I know you watched a lot, a lot of James Bradbury. So let's really get into the the meat of of uh, who this guy is as as a player. Yeah. So advanced stats, and these they're getting better. These type type of stats are getting better, but they're not a hundred percent perfect. But they're pretty good for the cornerback position. In twenty nineteen, uh, quarterbacks facing him were fifty nine for ninety seven, which is fifty nine point eight percent, six hundred forty four yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. In two thousand eighteen, they were fifty for one hundred thirteen, forty four point two percent, which is elite. That's like best three in the league right there for eight, but more yards, eight hundred two yards. Six touchdowns and one interception. So the TD inter- interception ratio and yards were were not as good, but the completion percentage was 15 points better. Justin, what what I mean, what are your thoughts on James Bradbury? Well, I mean, first and most significant, I think maybe kind of just sticking with the numbers in terms of how it relates to our thoughts. James Bradbury played the NFC South. He's played in the NFC South for a few years, and he's done very, very well against the NFC South. Now, I think there's a huge difference, and I think if you're a football fan, you know this, that playing a cornerback and playing as a secondary player in the NFC South is a very, very difficult thing to do because each of those teams in that division, they have a pretty elite wide receiver. Julio Jones with the Falcons, Mike Evans with the Bucks, even Chris Godwin last year too, and Michael Thomas with the New Orleans Saints. It's not like playing cornerback um, in the NFC East where, you know, Mari Cooper's kind of average, Alshon Jeffries, eh, and then Terry McLaurin just came onto the scene last year. So before that, you can argue that Janoris Jenkins and those divisional games didn't really have the biggest challenge. So with comparing numbers, uh, even though James Bradbury's numbers and Janoris Jenkins's numbers, their stats look similar in terms of their advanced passing stats. I think James Bradbury is much more impressive because of who he went up against. So Julio Jones game one last year, five catches for 64 yards. Julio Jones game two last year against James Bradbury, four catches, 28 yards. Mike Evans game one, one catch, 16 yards. Game two, four for 48 yards. And I believe one of those catches in that game two was a pretty, like it was a pretty big, like 15 to 20 yard gainer. So the rest of those pretty darn good. Michael Thomas, who he did very, very well against. Two interceptions against Mike Evans too, by the way. Yeah, yes, and then Michael Thomas, who he did very well against, and we all know how dominant Mike, uh, Michael Thomas was. Game one, seven catches, 49 yards. Game two, five catches for 29 yards. Even DeAndre Hopkins is just like, he just, he dominated his talent. And, you know, Blake Martinez, I thought was a good signing. I definitely wasn't excited about it, just because 
honestly, I didn't want to invest uh, a lot of money in that position unless the guy's elite, and I don't think Blake Martinez is that. But, man, I was excited about the Bradbury signing, like just full-bloom love with it. Obviously, I wanted Byron Jones, and Byron Jones is a better player, but I, I love I love this James Bradbury signing. The thing that stinks about it, though, Justin, and I, and I, I keep on bringing in Janoris Jenkins, is, is he is better than Janoris Jenkins. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, at least what Janoris Jenkins was last year. But it's not like a huge improvement. So right. he's the biggest addition, but he's not a huge improvement to what he had last year. Like, if we had Jenkins and, and Bradbury both on opposite sides, then I'd be excited. But the fact that he's replacing someone I liked in Jenkins, you know, I know Jenkins had a bad Tampa Bay game and people got mad at his few missed tackles, but I thought Jenkins was solid. That's why it doesn't like make me want to propel the defense to the next level. Yeah, and also, I do get a little concerned about the targets. I understand you're going up against elite wide receivers, especially last year. I mean, 113 targets uh, he had in twenty in 2018 so you're going up against these elite nfc wide nfc south wide receivers every single year those teams are going to want to target their guys so it's it's a balance in my brain right now with how i'm evaluating bradbury of like yes i'm concerned that quarterbacks feel the need to target him so many times because clearly they feel like their receivers are somewhat open but as you were saying earlier bobby the completion percentage was still pretty darn good um despite a lot of targets in even 2019 the completion percentage 60% that's not great but it's not terrible. So well, here's here's the way I look at it, Justin. Would you, no matter who now I'm not even talking about Mike Evans, Julio Jones, and Michael Thomas. If your number one wide receiver had 59 catches for 644 yards and one touchdown, would you be happy with that season? It'd be pitiful, and that's what James yeah. Bradbury held his opponents to. That's what I. That's the yeah. way I look at it. Um, and like I said, I went through every single game of this guy's film, and I came away impressed. And a few things I, that came away with: he's very good in man, like. He's good at collapsing. He's not going to press you. Like, he's not going to come and, and press you, but he's very good in man. And zone coverage, he is unbelievably smart. He just doesn't make any mistakes in zone coverage. I think I counted, like, one mistake in, like, 10 games. And he just didn't make any. And he also knew when it's like, hey, I have an either-or decision, he would make the right decision in it. So there might be, like, a catch on his stat book, but he gave up a catch for six yards instead of one for 24 yards. And it seemed like, our corners couldn't understand that last year um, and James Betcher's system. So that's huge. He follows the number one wide receiver around. Jenkins complained about that. Hopefully Graham lets him do that, and I believe he will. Like I say, he doesn't make any mental mistakes, and he's got uh, adequate ball skills where um, Jones – but with Byron Jones, the, the question was, can this guy get interceptions? Because he didn't really have any. Yeah, even the player profiler uh, went into some of his target separation. I love talking about uh, player separation. Um, he was pretty, pretty good in the target separation, too. Player profiler had him as 18th, allowing a little bit less than one yard of target separation um, per, I'm guessing that's they're analyzing that per player, per reception allowed. So that's pretty darn good as well, and especially considering how Carolina, and I didn't really like how Carolina actually allowed James Bradbury to play at certain points. Add, add another Giants corner to the list who's not good with playing off ball. There would be times last year, even going up against Mike Evans, where it would be like a fourth and one, and James Bradbury's playing 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. So of course Mike Evans is going to catch a little two-yard route, and he's going to pick up the first down, and that's going to go against James Bradbury because he's the guy that's making the tackle, and he's the guy that's, you know, that's mopping up that play. But Patrick Graham, 
while Bobby mentioned that maybe he's not good at playing press and he's not, you know, really, he doesn't prefer to put his hands on guys at the line of scrimmage, man-to-man coverage, Patrick Graham is playing that 50% of the time in 2019. He played press man 481 times. That was the fifth most. And cover one with that single high safety 43% of the time. So I like that, number one. I like that because I think Bradbury, that's his strength, man-to-man and, pl- and being sticky to a wide receiver. But I'm also worried about, hey, we're going to need help the cornerback number two, the nickel corner, that single high safety is going to have to help those two guys. Those two guys, and Bradbury may be on an island, and that kind of concerns me. See, that's the thing that doesn't concern me is him being on an island. Like on a defense where we have questions inside linebacker, edge, cornerback two, and nickel, which is the biggest. I am totally fine being James Bradbury. You go take care of that side. I am yep. completely fine. I think an issue we ran into in 2020 was got uh, like the Bears and the Packers put their number one wide receiver in the slot and they abused us. Bradbury can follow can follow his guy around. So on a defense where there's a lot of question marks, to me, Bradbury is the guy I'm the most confident in. Well, actually, no, the defensive tackles I am, but Bradbury yeah. I'm, I am extremely confident in. But cornerback is much more important. <laughs> defensive tackles are important don't get me wrong generating interior pressure i'm not one of those guys that says this doesn't matter that doesn't matter besides running backs but cornerback very important cornerback very important to passing league and because bradbury has this pedigree and he has the resume of going up against the best guys and he has that production there's not even like uh, like deep digging stats that i could do about more cornerback metrics or something like that that speaks for itself. The resume speaks for itself and the results speak for itself right there. Be excited about James Bradbury. I'm, you know, I think my concerns come from I'm just worried about the defense overall. I'm very excited about James Bradbury. Yeah, I have all, I have the utmost confidence in uh James Bradbury. Anything else you got? No. No, rock and roll. Oh, fun fact. Here's a fun fact about James Bradbury. Uh, brings it full circle with Josh Norman. We don't like Josh Norman. James Bradbury was the guy that took Josh Norman's job once he left town. And you can argue, you can argue, he came in, did pretty well. Josh Norman, not the same corner since. So, uh, you know, system cornerback, Josh Norman, no, not that good. Don't call him a system corner because that means James Bradbury entered the same system. Oh. Um, no, no, stop it. All right. He's the exception. We appreciate you guys. Next time, we'll see you. Until then, let's go big. <laughs>